We are continuing through the book of Acts. And as we travel this journey, this road, certain themes are emerging. And one clear theme is that of sharing our faith, being a witness to Jesus and evangelism. Throughout the years, many years, thousands of years, churches have tried, struggled to find the best way to share the news of Jesus. There have been big revivals. There have been great evangelistic crusades, all in an effort to spread the good news of Jesus to the entire world. And today, followers of Jesus are no different, still trying to fulfill the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that Christ commanded. It's no surprise, then, that when it comes to evangelism, there is a vast uh, variety of differences, of ideas. Uh, for some, when they think of evangelism, it's, it's sort of like a superhero mission. And to be an evangelist, to share the good news, means that you go into the telephone booth. Remember those? <laughs> Maybe not. And, and you put on your superhero costume, and you come out with a big S, because you are on a superhero mission. For others, it's a little more strategic uh, of an approach. It's where you sort of lure people into a place. Uh, facility, a room, uh, an auditorium, a church building, you lure them in there and you lock the doors and you sing, just as I am, 22 verses of it. You, you put a little pressure, a little manipulation, you make them cry and, and maybe that works. For others, it's, it's, it's you, you bring them to church, you bring them the fish into the big aquarium, the stained glass aquarium, and you let the professional fishermen, the evangelist, the, the preacher, the pastor, cast the lure into the audience, and, and you let the professional do the work of evangelism. But my friends, this is not, these are not evangelism. Evangelism is simply sharing the good news. And what matters most is that we share it. We share the good news of Jesus, that through Jesus there is forgiveness of sin, there is new life, abundant and eternal life in him. And that's what we see this morning in the book of Acts. We are going to start where we left off last week. Uh, comes from Acts chapter 8. We finished Acts chapter 7. And uh, we're going to pick up Acts chapter 8. Uh, and uh, I'll read from verse 1 from the English Standard Version. It says... And Saul approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church. And entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now, those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. 
And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out and many of them and many who were paralyzed came out, who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. The passage here begins with the death of Stephen and a picture of Saul giving his approval to it all. And with this picture, we see that persecution broke out in a grand fashion. On that day, it says, great persecution against the church in Jerusalem uh, broke out and, and they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. The death of Stephen had unleashed a fury of pent-up hatred for the followers of Jesus. The situation was so bad that Christians had to flee. Uh, all, only the apostles stayed in Jerusalem. Everyone else had to flee for, for safety. It's actually not an unfamiliar story, is it? As we think about places in the world where this still occurs even today. But in this moment, it means, it meant that the majority of the church had to leave for their safety. Christians were scattered throughout the region and they took their faith with them. You see, it's really important to notice what's happening here because there are sort of two kinds of evangelism. It's what I describe, I like to describe as go evangelism and as you go evangelism. Now, go evangelism is typically what we kind of think of. It's what Jesus says, go and make disciples. And uh, it's, it's a command. It's, it's imperative. Uh, in Hungarian, it's mode. It's menyatek. Uh, it's a command. Go, make disciples. And, and it's a specific directive, a specific way in which we leave our comfort zones, our ordinary lives, so that we can share the extraordinary good news of Jesus. It's a directed mission, a specific way. In fact, in two weeks, uh, from today, we're going to see that played out in the, in the life of a man named Philip who, who is directed specifically to the Ethiopian. But in this passage, it's the other kind of evangelism. It's as-you-go evangelism. It's, these Christians were, were part of a worldwide movement. They were, they were fleeing for their safety, for their livelihood, for their families, and as they did so, they shared their faith. Verse 4 says, Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. I actually prefer the, the way the New International Version says it. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. One theologian says it this way. He says, The people went as missionaries more than they went as refugees. They were missionaries more than refugees. And it's true. Because Luke, who we believe is the author of this book of Acts, could have used a different term for this scattering. He could have used a general term, but instead he uses the Greek, the word diasperio, which is the dispersion. The, the, uh, dis uh, it was connected to the Jewish dispersion, God's intentional work of, of spreading things out. 
Luke is observing that there's intentionality, there's opportunity in this spreading, the intentional work of God touching and impacting the world around us. The people, though they faced hardship and persecution, understood that they were part of something greater, part of God's work. It was their identity. Their lives were changed by the good news of Jesus. How could they not share it with Jesus? This was a huge moment in the life of the early church. The good news of Jesus was spread in so many ways because these Christians shared about Jesus as they went. The famous Bible commentary, William Barclay, he says, this was one of the greatest events in history. And that's because it is a great moment in the life of the church when its members not only go to share their faith, but share their faith as they go. Now, we have to notice, of course we notice, that this was not necessarily easy. There were obstacles and opposition. The threat was real, and verse 3 says it quite vividly. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison serious opposition here and and it proves something that we all know so very well when it comes to living the christian faith if you are a follower of jesus you will face difficulties simply because you are a follower of jesus and it's true sometimes it, it is a physical threat uh, of your livelihood, your, your very life, your safety, as, as we read here. But in other ways, it could be a social or an emotional threat. Like in many parts of the world where there is a so-called freedom to celebrate, to share the good news of Jesus, but it comes with a cost, a heavy emotional cost. They do statistics sometimes, and, and folks that have studied this realize that, that sometimes people who live in persecuted areas uh, will leave, get out of those areas. They'll leave and they'll go to areas with freedom. And, and in those circumstances, often they are less likely to share their faith, even though in persecuted places they do. Folks who have gone from persecuted places to the States, uh, they, they make this observation that it, well, while in their own country, they will risk their lives, but in the United States, they won't even cross the street to share their faith. The same people. There is persecution, there is oppression everywhere you go, opposition. And so, even today, there's opposition. There's a temptation to not share the good news of Jesus. And sometimes, it's tricky here, but sometimes it's the good things that keep us from sharing the good news of Jesus. How does that work? How do, how do the good things keep us from sharing the good news? We know, we know the bad things, right? But, but how is it that the good things keep us from sharing the good news? It could be things like our schoolwork, our families, our vocations, even our church ministry. Let me repeat that one because I did say that. Even our church ministry can keep us from sharing the good news of Jesus. Sometimes, in fact, the good things are the most dangerous at all. I never forget when I was, was just starting in ministry, my first full-time church 
and I was so excited uh, of all the church things. There were, there, were there were meetings, there were business meetings, there were worship services, there were Bible studies, there were prayer groups, and I was so excited. And at the same time, we had a, we had a neighbor, uh, a fella who uh, lived right next door to us. His name was Jesse. I'll never forget Jesse. He was uh, 85 years old at the time we had met him, so an elderly fella who was also struggling with cancer. At the time, I didn't realize how much the cancer had impacted and, and was, was attacking his body. Jesse had experienced the loss of his wife five years before that. And Amanda and I felt like, like we wanted to reach out to Jesse. He was her neighbor, right? And so occasionally when Amanda was making cookies or pie, she would have her pies sometimes. They're pretty good. We, she would make these things, and this is, this is before we even had uh, kids, or at least Rachel would have been really little uh, at that time. And so she would make these things, and it was too much for me to eat. It, it was really, I shouldn't have eaten all that anyways. So we would take it over to the neighbor, to Jesse, and, and he was so funny because he would say, oh, these chocolate chips, these are my favorite. The next time it would be apple pie, and he would say, oh, apple pie is my favorite. The next time it would be pumpkin pie, and he'd say, oh, pumpkin pie is my favorite. Uh, we were a little slow to get the hint of what was actually happening there. But we felt like we needed to reach out to, to Jesse. And, and Jesse had had a, a rough experience with the church. Uh, and he knew that I was the pastor of the Baptist church. And so we would, we would talk. It was easy to talk about the church and his relationship with the church and how disappointed he had been. And, and I had hoped that we would kind of get to the bottom of it, that we would, we would talk more, kind of bring some resolution. And, and I, I had attended, intended to, to have deeper conversations with Jesse. I, to have conversations about, Jesse, tell me about your relationship with Jesus. Do you know the good news of Jesus? I had intended to do so, but I didn't because it wasn't too long after that that I received a phone call from the funeral home and Jesse had died. And who did he ask to do his funeral but the Baptist preacher who lived next door? I have to tell you, it was the most difficult funeral I'd ever done, have ever done to this day because in that moment, the one who should have been able to say something about his relationship with God couldn't say it because I didn't find the occasion to ask. I never took the step. I share this story because, my friends, sometimes it is too easy to forget the urgency of the good news we have. When opportunities come our way, we may only get them once. They may go by. A life can be lived around us, and without a moment's notice, the opportunity could be gone. Now you have to know, since that day, my commitment levels have changed. My priorities have focused. My commitment is to know every one of my neighbors and to not let any opportunity slip by to share the good news of Jesus. The early church, they saw the opportunities. They went about preaching the word wherever they went. Have you considered in your own life in your promotions and demotions, in your victories and in your setbacks, 
that God allows those twists and turns to give you an opportunity to share the good news with your neighbors and acquaintances. Consider how God can use your everyday life to give you opportunities to teach and testify about the good news of Jesus. You see, my friends, God is on a big mission and we are part of it. God is at work redeeming the world through His Son by the power of the Holy Spirit and through ordinary people like you and me. This is how the gospel spreads so effectively in the first century and why the gospel continues to spread today. In Acts chapter 8, we find that it's not the apostles, but the amateur missionaries who took the gospel with them wherever they went. Not through formal programs or preaching, but in everyday conversations and interactions. That's how the good news of Jesus was spread. And the church grew and Christianity grew in such an amazing way. Ordinary conversations from amateur missionaries. I love it. There's one more thing we need to know here though because the placement of this story and the, the revelation of this truth is not by chance. It's intentional. There's one more thing we need to notice and it reveals just how significant this mission really is. We need to notice that the chief opposer, the lead antagonist, is a man by the name of Saul. Now, I don't want to spoil the ending here for those of you who are waiting with anticipation till we get to that part in Acts. And I don't know which one of us is going to preach on that, but I'm sorry. I'm, I am going to let the cat out of the bag here. Uh, Saul doesn't actually stay Saul. Sorry, I just had to tell you the end of the story. Saul changes his name to Paul. You know Paul. Paul is the apostle known for his great evangelism. Isn't that something? Right here in this moment, Saul's the chief antagonist, the chief opposer, the one dragging them out of their homes. And a few chapters later, Paul will become a different person because God's mission is that big. It is that important, and we are privileged to be a part of it. Paul is the same one who, in his book to the Roman church quotes Isaiah and says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is the same guy here, but not the same guy. You see, our joy has been and always is to authentically share what Christ is doing and has done in our lives. We have good news to share and our mission is to share it persistently, authentically, and powerfully. It can happen in a lot of ways, my friends. There's, there's room for all kinds of ideas and, and, and personalities and temperaments and abilities. Christ may be at work in your life through the depths of mercy, through the heights of wisdom, through the strength of courage, and somewhere in your path, there's someone a step away from crossing the line of faith. And they need to come in contact with you, your perspective, your story. You're the one who can make a difference in their life. They need to see your passion, feel your heart. You're the one. And if that person could just get a glimpse of Christ through you, it might just be enough to push them through the line of faith. 
Are you willing to share the joy of Christ in you through your life? One of the most well-known evangelists of the 19th century was a man by the name of D.L. Moody. He would preach a sermon and, like we do here, offer an invitation. And people would respond. But in those days, it was kind of new. It was a new thing. And he, he received a lot of criticism for being so invitational with, with the message of Jesus. And in fact, there was one person who was very critical. And, and the, the man would come up to him, and, and he, he would critique Moody for offering and sharing the gospel this way. And Moody would reply by saying, well, how do you share the gospel of Jesus? The man would say, well, I don't really say much. I just live my life. Well, said Moody, I prefer my way of sharing the gospel better than your way of not sharing it. You see, we do have something to share. Our joy today is what it always has been, to authentically share the good news of Jesus. We have good news to share, and our mission is to share it persistently, authentically, and powerfully. Paul says, as he quotes Isaiah, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. He's referencing Isaiah and this idea of, uh, of one who in ancient times was a gospeler. That was the, that was the, the phrase. They were one who would, would share the news. Uh, in the word evangelism is, is the word uh, angel because an angel is a messenger. An evangelist is a mess messenger of good news. So in the ancient times, when, when there was conflict and battle uh, in a distant place, the runner would, would see that the victory was in hand and would begin running to tell the people. He had news to share, and it was his job to run as fast as he could into the cities, into the streets, and shout the news that victory was at hand. And people welcomed the runner. They welcomed the gospeler, the evangelist who shared the news of the battlefront, that victory was at hand. You see, it's no wonder that people thought, and Paul quotes this verse, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now, we don't talk a lot about feet these days, do we? In fact, some of us may not even like our feet, and we, we try to hide them in shoes. Some of you know that I do, I do some running, and uh, shoes are, are very important to me. I, I actually, I like to have nice shoes when I'm, when I'm running. I think it's a, a worthy investment. And so I like to have shoes with lots of colors uh, because, uh, because I, I like actually to be seen uh, when I'm out running, mostly because I don't want to get hit by the cars. So I like, they call these loud shoes. And I can't, you know, I can't put these out, take these out without actually putting them on. Because uh, I love these shoes. Let's see if I can do this like without falling over. Oh, that, that's nice. Yeah. Feel, you want to borrow these sometimes? You're thinking about that. These are, these are great shoes. I love these shoes. I just got these. Oh, yeah. You see... Shoes are nice, but you know what? No matter how nice our shoes are, they don't reveal the condition of our feet. The condition of your feet. Do you want to have beautiful feet? 
Do you want to have beautiful feet? Then go and share the good news of Jesus. Run to your neighbors. Run to the cities. Run to your work colleagues. Run to those people you know and tell them what Jesus has done in your life. And when you do, you become part of an amazing running team. The team of those who run into the lives of others people, to other people's lives with a message of victory that Jesus offers to everyone who would follow him. Life, both abundant and eternal. Life of hope, of joy, of peace, no matter what. It is your privilege to run, literally rush into the lives of people who are crushed with the reality of evil in this world, people who are hurting, people who are feeling the effects of living in a world that's corrupt, people who don't know what they're missing. It is into the lives of those who need to hear the good news that we are privileged to go. As we go, run and don't be weary, my friends. Celebrate and share what Christ is doing. This is so important, this piece of sharing the good news as we go and going to do so, that we want to encourage every member of this church uh, to, to share this news. And we are currently working to articulate what it means to be a member of the International Baptist Church of Debretson. And, and we are working on some expectations and, and some ways to encourage each other. And, and so far, we have something that says this. Jesus tells us, I think I have it on behind me too. Jesus tells us that we are the light of the world and salt of the earth. Evangelism is accomplished by both words and action. Be a blessing to others and don't be afraid to tell them who Jesus is. Next to a personal relationship with Jesus, we believe that this is the most important priority in the life of every Christian. It is a priority because now is the time. Do you know that? Do you believe that now is the time to share the good news of Jesus? Because one day, at the end of time, Jesus is going to return. And those of us who follow Jesus, we're going to be with him in a place called heaven. And, and in that place, we're going to get to do lots of good things. I, I'm looking forward to it because we sing here on Sunday morning, but I as much as you, you guys do a great job, I do believe the music in heaven is going to be better. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot more amen, Samson. And people are going to know how to do that. Uh, you know, and we like to eat. We eat lots. There's a table out there with snacks, and sometimes they're not very good. We, we eat on Monday night, and sometimes it's good. But, but I, have to, I have to say I believe in heaven. Food's going to be better. I mean, we, got, we have activities that we do. We do mission projects here. But I think in heaven, the projects are going to be more exciting. It's going to be better. I think everything about heaven that we do that's good here is going to be better, except there's one thing. There's one thing that's good that we do here that we won't do in heaven. There's one thing. And that one thing is, in heaven, we won't be able to tell somebody the good news of Jesus who has never heard it. Because the Bible tells us that in that time, every knee will bow every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now is the time to tell the good news of Jesus. Now, today is the day. 
Let us pray. Lord, we are thankful. We are so thankful that you count us uh, enough uh, to give us an invitation to this joy. Oh, Lord, it is so easy to share of your goodness, of, of the difference you have made in our lives, and we pray for courage that as we go into the world uh, doing things we must, living and, and studying and working, that we be those who share as we go the good news of Jesus, the difference that you've made. And, and Lord, we pray and we thank you for the opportunity to do so, to serve you. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.